to Freshly Forever, a podcast that gives you fascinating insights week after week. Here's your host, Vai Kumar. Hey folks, welcome to podcast Freshly Forever. Today I'm here with Alyssa Dorf. She's a graphic designer with a focus in branding, digital design, pop art, and design trend research. Alyssa has a communications design degree from Skidmore College and a design management master's degree from Pratt Institute. She has created cheery designs and showcases her passion through a shoppable line of pop art and trend-focused design services. I'm just so thrilled to have her here amidst us. Welcome, Alyssa, to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Okay. A work of art which did not begin in emotion is not art, said Paul Cezanne. How do you think your journey with Cheery started? And can you tell us how that was born? Yeah, totally. Um, So art has always been my happy place and my way of escaping. Some people do yoga. Some people go to the gym. I wish I did something like that. But instead, (laughs) I do art. And that that, you know, eases my mind and just the time flies by when I'm painting, drawing, doodling, anything. So when I was, it was a year ago now, I just graduated from my graduate program, but I was working full time for two years and going to grad school at night. So it was just really long days, really overwhelming Uh and so many things on my mind. So I found that I was coming home from a long day of work, then school getting home at 10, 11 o'clock and just unable to unwind. And, you know, TV wasn't doing it for me. The last thing I wanted to do was read some more. Um, Uh So I turned to art and I started doodling. I've always had jobs in design. So I've always had tasked projects where I'm focusing on drawing or creating a set, um, either marketing piece or product design, whatever. But this was kind of my time to go to my happy place and doodle whatever I was feeling. So inspirational sayings, just smiley faces, colorful objects, nostalgic items. Um, That's kind of what I would do when I got home and that would put me to sleep. So Uh I would spend an hour or two drawing and then all of a sudden I'm relaxed enough to go to bed. And I was just looking for an outlet to share all of those doodles because I was inundating all of my personal followers on Instagram with Uh content they didn't sign up for. So I decided to create cheery as a place to house all of those doodles and things that made me happy and brought me peace. Oh, that's wonderful. It's actually an excellent story. And you said, instead of doing yoga or whatever, and you wish you did it, hey, right here, your art is a huge mindfulness exercise by itself. So, or in itself. So I think, you know, you you definitely uh, are doing something tremendous. And uh, that's definitely, uh, you know, adding to all the positivity that you can bring. CheeryDesigns.com, your website, you sell so many different products. What made you think of these uh, different products that you could create? You have done everything from home office to uh, personal items. And uh, why don't you talk about that? 
right? So I actually started as cheery cards because I love the idea of giving cards for not just the standard birthday, anniversary, Mother's Day, but giving cards for all occasions and focusing on celebrating the little wins in life that most mm-hmm. people forget, whether it's getting an A on your test or, you know, getting over something personally that was hard on you. Mm -hmm. So that was the way I began. And I named the company Cheery Cards because my tagline was gifts are sweeter with a cheery on top. So whether you're bringing yourself a latte um, and, you know, giving a friend a latte and putting an a card of encouragement or giving a real birthday gift and putting a cheery birthday card on top. It kind of just takes it to the next level. So that's where I began. And then I got a lot of feedback from Instagram followers, family and friends who were looking for wall art and for me to do more with the designs that I already had. Uh So I've been slowly growing my product line based on the customer demand. Um, I do have a background in product design. So it's something that was adjacent to what I've done before. It was just a matter of seeking out my own vendors and my own connections to make it work for Cherry on a smaller scale than the way I was used to working in a corporate job. So ongoing and on growing. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And you have t-shirts, you have uh, phone cases and you have uh, ready to hang out like you talked about or like unframed prints and so on and so forth. So I guess it's definitely evolving every single day, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And from what I can see, it seems like, you know, you're trying to offer things at an affordable pricing and, uh, you know, like you're trying to focus more on the ability to bring cheer through your design or, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever you choose to do. And that's that's something phenomenal. And can you talk about um, whether this is only an online business or do you also have like a storefront or like pop-ups maybe? Right. So right now, e-commerce only. I do have a website. However, now that COVID, the restrictions are starting to lift up a little bit. I have been doing some outdoor pop-ups, socially distant, and I'm hoping to do even more and maybe some indoor markets, um, more stuff in the New York City area as you know, the restrictions open up and we're able to do so because I really have loved interacting with and meeting customers and potential design clients face-to-face. That has just oh, been I'm so sure. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day a store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, certainly. I think you're, you're treading on the right path. And how yeah. do you think you have been able to make a difference with what you do, your design as such, what do you think, you know, is your um, USP, so to speak, Alyssa? Yeah, I kind of think it's twofold. Um, One part being that I'm in people's homes, Mm -hmm. which is such an intimate placement to have. So being able to bring either good memories or someone's favorite color or things that remind them of their past, who they are now, where they want to be. My art always conveys a message Mm -hmm. and that just serves as a reminder to somebody who's either in a really great place or trying to get to that great place. So Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful to have the privilege to be in someone's living room, bathroom, bedroom, Mm -hmm. wherever be it, um, just as a moment for them to recognize and and to smile, hopefully, because no one wants to look at blank walls. Um, And then the other fold would be social media. Mm -hmm. I feel like as wonderful as a tool it is, 
social media can also be kind of a toxic environment. So there's this break from the feeds of perfection that make you feel like you're not living the best life. And why are these people succeeding more than I am? And Mm -hmm. this is kind of a moment of realness. And it just, it, it brings you back to what makes you happy, whether it's candy or color or whatever it is. It's just kind of a break in the feed and Mm-hmm. And something mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. So it seems like, you know, whatever may happen in one's lives, you are just able to bring them back to their place of, you know, serenity, you know, their place of feeling calm. So how do you think color psychology plays a role in interior design or with anything that you do, Alyssa? Yeah, I think it's really interesting because Um, people say that certain colors evoke certain moods, whereas Uh I'm not, uh, I'm not totally sure that I believe that. I think it's more so on an individual level. Like the way one color makes me feel doesn't necessarily affect the, uh, another person in the same way. Um, so I think it's totally personal preference when it comes to which colors to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, But just the fact that incorporating color and not staring at neutrals and having kind of a place to focus in your home is really where you get the benefit. Um, And and even not so much about color, but more thematically, what what makes you happy overall. Mm -hmm. So some people kind of, you know, stepping out even further and looking at all of the senses, some people are really affected by visual as, as I am, obviously. And for me, that means I need art everywhere. I need something to focus on. I don't mm-hmm. want blank walls. Um, and I think that's why I'm drawn to kind of a rainbow aesthetic. Cause I like a lot to look at and just to see all the colors together. I, I can't even explain it. Um, <laughs> whereas other people are, are more into the sense of smell or the sense of sound. So when thinking about creating this environment, um, just putting all of the senses together is is kind of what I focus on, um, really just holistically looking at your space. There's a reason why some people live in a city mm-hmm. where there's a lot of background noise and white noise and some people who have to live in the middle of nowhere. And, and the same goes with sense of candles and sense of diffusers. So I view color as the same way. It's, it's kind of ambiguous as to how you choose, but I try to create something for everyone. Um, Unless you like neutrals, then (laughs) cheery (laughs) is not your vibe. Okay. So I guess, you know, you do custom stuff. We can come to that in a minute. But uh, how do you um, think people that you sell your art to, you know, how do they react? Do you, how, how accepted do you feel with your designs? And what's the feedback that you hear from clients? Um, very good feedback so far. I have done a lot of custom work recently and I feel like that just hits on a different level, not Uh to, not to knock down any work that you're buying kind of off the site that's already designed, but people who have used either, I just did a piece that a mom was creating for her daughter and she sings to her, you are my sunshine every night before bed. So Uh I did a you are my sunshine piece that hangs above her bed. So when the mom isn't there and she's traveling, you know, the saying is still there. So there's something Mm -hmm. special about creating pieces that are that are customized and really tailored to whoever you're gifting. Um, I did a portrait recently for someone whose dog passed away and it's a dog portrait in memory of this puppy that was such a big part of their lives. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when I connect on an emotional level, 
whether it's something custom or if you have like an inside joke with somebody or just a favorite hobby, it's it's the emotion that really gets people. Oh, yeah. And I think adding color uh, definitely has an impact on mental well-being. And mm-hmm. uh, so I guess, uh, you know, there's, there's so much uh, talk or science about the healing powers of color and, you know, the mood boosting powers and so on and so forth. But it seems like, you know, you just played around with colors because, you know, you felt comfortable doing it. Was Mm -hmm. there like a background or specific reasoning behind you resorting to different colors, like as far as the scientific healing powers of colors or anything like that, say, okay, blue brings comfort or orange evokes enthusiasm and things like that, you know? So for the most part, um, the way I work with color is on kind of a rainbow basis, combining mm-hmm. combining cool colors, warm colors, all sorts of shades. And that allows for all of the different emotions that come through kind of in that spectrum of color. And on the same level, I do have certain monochromatic pieces where you can pick your blue or you can pick your pink or orange, so be it, based on what mood you want that piece to evoke in the space that you have. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Absolutely. I think so. That's where your customization and uh, your custom work can come in. So uh, me as a client, you know, if I just feel that I believe in, say, color medicine or colors healing me in terms of certain colors, you know, making me feel more vibrant than others. If I tell you to create something with those, then you are able to put together and do something with it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally catered. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And there is uh, definitely, you know, science that kind of, you know, like talks about, you know, all these centuries old method of color medicine and phototherapy in countries like Egypt, China, India, and Greece and all of that. And so it's very interesting as to how each one reacts differently to different colors and what is, uh, you know, very vibrant and warm to someone may be different to the other. And I see see what you mean when the custom aspect comes in. Who inspired you, you think, to do it all? Uh, Was it someone at home in the family or was it an artist that you kind of look up to? Who who do you think inspired you the most? Yeah, totally. So the idea of Cheery, back when I was Cheery Cards, was very much inspired by my mom, uh-huh. who growing up really celebrated every little win with us, every little holiday, not just the mainstream holidays. It was April Fool's Day. It was the first day of spring. It was, it was anything little, uh-huh. anything big, anything in between. Um, so that's kind of how I found my my line of cards because my cards are meant to be for or all occasions or whichever occasions are important to you. And uh, speaking not just- of, Cheery Cards was the one that was featured on Forbes, correct? Yeah, for the Mother's Day of 2020 yes. collection list. Yeah, I think. Yes. Forbes, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so starting with the cards, that was very much my mom's... Um, my mom's influence right there. And then expanding into wall art, I look to other people who are doing um, similar things. So I love Jonathan Adler and Mm -hmm. the references he uses to pop culture. Um, There are so many out there. Ashley Longshore art, 
I love the work that she's doing, Elizabeth Sutton. So I have a lot of people that I'm looking up to in the industry and taking notes from, but mm-hmm. it really stems back to my mom and the importance of creativity and, and finding an outlet. You know, growing up, we weren't allowed to watch TV during the week. Uh-huh. So it was up to us to come up with other activities after our schoolwork um, that brought us joy. And for me, that was art. So okay. I didn't like it then, but I'm grateful for it now. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, she also would switch your house decor uh, quite a bit when you were younger, I believe. And uh, and I know that perhaps created an impact on you. So how important do you think all that was and whatever you are able to bring in terms of, you know, the the very many facets to your art and how important do you think it is to celebrate every moment, like you said earlier? Yeah, totally. I think it's, you never want to be stagnant in your life. So I don't know why you would want to be stagnant in this space you're living in. Because mm-hmm. the person you are this moment may be different than the the way you're feeling or the person you are, the way you're living the following month. Like, mm-hmm. for example, when COVID hit, we went from, I was living in New York City and my apartment was really my home base. And that's it. I slept there. And then all day I was out and about. And all of a sudden, my apartment turned into my everything, my Uh gym, my place of celebration, my place of mourning, my workplace, everything. Uh Um, So that's a really drastic example of adjusting the space you live on based on what's going on in your life. And I think your art should do the same. So with my, my mom's example and growing up, the colors around our house changed seasonally. And we never felt like it really marked the beginning of something new. So it wasn't, Uh oh, we're in like the fourth month of school. It was, we're in the first month of school that's winter and we have a new wardrobe and we have new surroundings when we come home and new foods because it's winter time. So I just love the idea of changing your art as well because Uh I don't know if I want to look at a beach when it's snowy outside in New York. I think I need art that, that makes me feel like I'm living in this moment. Mm -hmm. So I personally, um, what I love about my canvases is you hang them with a thumbtack and I am constantly, my husband comes home from work and everything is in a different spot because it's just Mm -hmm. so easy to swap out, but Mm -hmm. it makes you feel new again. It's rejuvenating. Uh huh. Okay. And you also do design consultations and we talked about the custom artwork, right? So yes. What kind of work do you Yeah, so I am a graphic designer by trade. So I also offer I I kind of try to divide my business in twofold. So the shoppable line of art, but also design services. So within Mm -hmm. design services, using my marketing background, I do logo design, brand development, style guides, pitch decks, um, social media marketing, kind of anything along those lines from from digital to printed collateral. So helping other people establish their brand presence. Mm -hmm. So how do you think your communication design degree and your design management masters, how do you think all that play into whatever you are currently practically doing? Because for any young student listening, Mm -hmm. for them to have an idea of what they can do when they take to that space as far as, you know, uh, like a background in education versus what you are able to achieve practically. Can you just offer some insights on that? 
Yeah, I think you never want to pigeonhole yourself. And the mistake I made in undergrad was was only having a major, which I loved my major and was fortunate that there there was some breadth to it. But I ended up going back to grad school because I felt like only having one major, having no minors, I, I wasn't as well-rounded as I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So I was so focused on design and so focused on being a designer on someone else's team. And kind of the way I went to school, I thought I was working for a big company after graduation and worrying about my one task, which was designing pretty things. Mm-hmm. And once I got out and started working on a team, I realized that I was missing all of the other elements that go into the company. And I really just wanted to learn more. So I found myself meeting with the CFO and meeting with the IT department and meeting with the product development team and trying to learn holistically how my designs went from ideation to conception to purchasing and kind of how it goes full circle. And I Uh felt like it wasn't enough to know my one little piece. And one day I do want to own my own business. Um, so that's why I ended up going back to school and, and learning the business aspect of things and trying to fill in those gaps. So I think I, I'm so fortunate that I went to a liberal arts school undergrad because I did, I did have to take my science and my math, et cetera. But I feel like if I could do it all over again, I would really focus on breath because you never know when you're 21, you don't know what you want to do the rest of your life. And it, it always helps to dabble in more courses than you think, because Uh it's hard being an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Back in a moment with our guest on Freshly Forever. And you also do custom labels and whatnot, and you have already done stuff like that, working with your dad at a nonprofit, mm-hmm. correct? Definitely, yes. Okay, okay. So, yeah, that kind of speaks for, you know, when you talked about breath, you know, that kind of speaks for what you are able to do now, you know, like you are able to run your own business, but at the same time, you are able to leverage on whatever design skills you acquired in yeah, terms definitely. of, you know, what you did in school and so on. So, I think that's fantastic. And what about, um, your hand painting of mural at the Pottery Barn New York City uh, store when it was boarded up. And I guess, you know, that was, uh, you know, probably in the middle of COVID. And, you know, like it definitely brought about a transformation in so many people's lives looking at that cheery stuff. So what made you think about doing that? You know, part of the reason I moved to the city is because Mm -hmm. especially the holiday season is so beautiful in New York. And just being able to window shop and walk around your neighborhood, that was kind of all we had at that moment in time because restaurants were closed, gyms were closed, everything was closed. So my whole neighborhood was either inside working, eating, living their life or outside exercising, being with their family. Um, So when all of the sudden, all of our sites were covered up, it was just so drab and so depressing. It really brought down the mood of, of everyone who thought, you know, maybe, maybe we're nearing an end. Maybe it's about to get better. It just, it, it made everyone uh-huh. feel so much worse. So on one of my walks, um, Pottery Barn really jumped out to me because 
first of all, it, it was very close to my apartment. And second of all, they always had the most adorable um, winter displays because I just love uh-huh. a cozy winter home. Um, and no one was going into the store, um, despite the fact that we are all at home and, and you know, interior design has been booming right now. No one was going in because it just looks so unappealing. So I went in and was able to speak to the store manager and propose my idea. So once they shared with me that their winter theme that year was gnomes, I thought it was a great idea to bring full-size gnomes to the outside of Pottery Barn, considering they usually offer um, a Uh sit-on-Santa's-lap photo shoot for the kids at Pottery Barn. And instead of that, I was able to paint these huge gnomes outside that kids were then able to come up to and take a picture with, with their family. And, and they didn't feel like they were missing out on their tradition. It was just a new tradition. So that, that was really special. That also earned you your feature on um, several of the press outlets like NBC and CBS and all of that, right? So yes. how significant has that been in your journey? You have also been featured on Forbes, Thrive and all those, you know, magazines as well. So how do you think all that has changed what you're doing? It has just brought everything to a bigger scale. And uh-huh. it's gotten me an audience that that is a lot wider than I used to have. So, you know, when you start a business at first, it's like your mom and, and your husband uh-huh. following you on Instagram. And then slowly you trickle out and it's a friend of a friend and a friend of a friend of a friend. And finally, press has bought me people, brought me people that are, complete strangers. And Mm -hmm. that has been really fun and also a challenging journey to maintain those followers because it's trying to to figure out what these people came to me for. Did they Uh come because they love the mural and they want to see more street art? Because then if I post, you know, a card, not sure they're interested. So I've tried to mix up my content a little bit more to appeal to this wider audience. So Uh it's hard to cater to everybody, but I feel like each post can cater to somebody and hopefully on a whole, there's something for everyone in the feed. Oh, uh, target uh, market. Uh, research is so crucial in uh, digital media, right? And, uh, you know, like what you said makes total sense. So to understand your audience and be able to cater to what their needs are, right? Right from the social media post to whatever you create and sell on your website, all that matters. And I think you're doing a phenomenal job, uh, Alyssa. And uh, so what do you think... um, as far as the pandemic, has that made you think differently as to how you have steered Cheery? And what about home offices, student space, and the need for color? Has all of that uh, transformed what you do? Yeah, um, something that I did during the pandemic, and I'm still working to build out the collection, but was offering these unframed art prints that are uh, the lowest price of items on my of all the items on my website and hoping that people can use the frames they have at home, get mm-hmm. these art prints and just swap them out whenever they feel need be. Because now that we are spending so much time at home, it's it's so important to keep all of your artwork and all of everything you surround yourself with fresh because we are hitting this point where like, we have been here for over a year now in the same spot. So trying uh-huh. to find a little joy is so important. So I'm just constantly expanding and trying to spin my wheels on what it is people need right now 
and what can what can bring them joy for me it's you know I all I need is one thing a day like one moment that I'm either really excited about or makes me smile can carry me through the whole day so if we're in this kind of mundane rut maybe it's a new piece of cheery art arriving in the mail maybe it's rearranging your furniture I'm just trying to be there as an outlet of you know that one thing it it could be a post that you forward to your friend because it's it, it reminds you of them. Um, mm-hmm. So just trying to be there on all sorts of levels. Okay. That's that's just fantastic. And I know you were into sports in your younger days. And whatever you did with sports, how do you think uh, it transformed you as a person? Or does that have any relevance as far as what you do today? And what qualities you think you brought with from that to whatever you're doing right now? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was a competitive freestyle skier for most of my childhood um, through the end of high school. And for me, that was always the the biggest struggle was finding the balance between school and skiing. Mm Because in my little head, all that mattered to me was skiing. And in my parents' mind, all that mattered was school. And if school slipped, skiing was gone. Mm -hmm. So I was constantly trying to find that balance. I I missed a lot of classes for competitions and had to make up for it in other ways. So I felt like I was kind of leading this double life in a sense, where I, you know, I wanted to give my all from nine to three. And then on the weekends and Fridays, and whenever I was in competition, then I would give my all um, to my sport. So I feel similarly now, uh, Cheery is a part-time business hoping to convert in the near-ish future to full-time. So mm-hmm. I, I wake up at six in the morning and I do Cheery from six to nine, my day job from nine to five and Cheery from five till bedtime. Um, and I, what my goal really is, is for everyone at my day job to feel like I'm there a hundred percent and for all of my Cheery either art customers or design clients to feel like it is all about them and I'm there to support them as well. So similar to my skiing school balance, I find that I, I try to split. There's two Alyssa's. Uh-huh. There's a cheery Alyssa and a corporate Alyssa. And I, I want to make sure everyone is happy and everyone's fulfilled. And sometimes I forget about the real me in that, <laughs> but that's the part of the balance I'm working on. Oh, that's robotic me. Alyssa. I think that's important too, you know, for you to have some time to yourself and, and feel, you know, who you are as a person, you know, and right. I think, I think that's significant too. And, Having said what you did, Alyssa, how important is it for anyone, you think, to find their safe haven? Say you were into sports, you're now into art, you transition when you needed to the best possible way, making the most of the opportunity and the time that you had. Mm -hmm. What would you say when it comes to anyone finding their safe haven? I think everyone knows what their safe haven is, but everyone is anyone who's not in their safe haven is afraid to be there, whether Uh they think they're supposed to be following a certain path or living up to parents' expectations or, you know, being able to pay the bills. I think that's what keeps everybody from going to that safe space, whether it's something creative, whether it's you know, something off the grid, whatever it is. And I just feel like it's so important to live there in that happy spot as much as you can. And even, 
you know, learn how you can bring a little bit of that happy spot to what you currently do in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So if you if you are a doctor, because that's what your family wanted you to do, then how can you freelance on the side and, and do what you really love to do? Or how can you make the transition? Or, or when you retire, can you do like, can you go to your happy place? Can you live on the beach off the grid? So I think whether it's planning short term to switch over to what that safe spot to you is, or planning long term to have something to look forward to. I just I think you have to remember yourself and your happiness because mm-hmm. it really shows that your job. Um, I can tell with people who I work with, I can tell who loves what they do and who is there because they need to pay the bills. And I think no matter what you do, if you love it, you will become successful because oh, it just it radiates from you. Mm-hmm. I think giving up the reluctance is the message and feeling confident about expressing oneself. I think that's the key takeaway from whatever you said there. And as far as art say you found that to be your safe haven for anyone to be successful what are some key elements that one should go after i think everybody whether or not you're creating a physical brand i think everybody should think of themselves as a brand and i even i describe my friends as brands and my family as brands if someone does something that's surprising i'm like that is off brand for them Whereas if they do something that's really into their in their characteristic, I'm like, that was totally on brand. We expected it. So I think everyone needs to step back and look at themselves and say, I am a product, I am a service, and, and this is who I am and who I want to be, and how am I going to get there? So, you know, is that social media post that's going to live in the internet forever? Is that something that you want a future employer to see? Um, is the image that you're putting out there, are you dressing like you are going to be the boss one day? I think uh-huh. it's really thinking about every little thing you do from the way you eat to the way you, the amount of time you sleep. I think everything put together makes your own brand and can either make or break your vision. Oh, absolutely. And so if you were to say how you have made a difference in society or people's lives, what what would what would that be? Yeah, I think that's that's a tricky question. Um, in the scheme of things, I think there's no comparison, especially after the year we've had where you uh-huh. know our health our healthcare heroes are just I don't know what we would have done without them, but on my own little tiny level, I feel like bringing joy and bringing awareness to mental health and and helping some of the nonprofits that I've been able to help. I recently worked with Your Mom Cares, um, a mental health organization, and I worked with Shatterproof, an organization that helps fight and bring awareness to addiction, and Mm -hmm. then my dad's nonprofit, which is the Center for Educational Innovation. Um, which transforms some of the lowest performing public schools. So, you know, those three organizations, I've tried to help them using my designs as Mm -hmm. a tool for them to reach either future funders or followers and to help just increase their awareness and as a following. So um, I, I like to try to think of ways that my designs can go beyond being pretty but also, you know, have a real purpose behind them. So that's something that means a lot to me. How nice. And if you were to give your two cents worth to youth as to how they can transform whatever they are learning into something productive, what would you say, Alyssa? Hmm. I think that 
everything you're learning, as much as it feels irrelevant, is relevant in some way, shape, or form. So it's taking a class. If you're in college, if you're in high school, if you feel like you're doing something that you never need to know, how can you tie it back to you? There's got to be some sort of relation because all of a sudden, when you tie it back to you and you're like, this matters and this is going to help me in the future, all of a sudden you care so much more and you'll retain the knowledge if you're able to use it in an applicable manner. So although textbooks are always very like third person, here's a fact, memorize it. What can that fact do for you or what can that historic trend show to you moving forward? So it's really trying to be selfish a little bit when you're learning and think uh-huh. about why all of these things matter to you and, and what you can get out of them. Okay. Okay. And I know uh, you also do um, collaboration with other people. And uh, yeah. if you just want to talk about uh, more of that aspect of your business, um, I think whoever is interested can go check Cheery out and uh, they can go on cheerydesigns.com and all your Instagram contact and whatever you want to share here. If you want to talk about that, uh, I think, you know, definitely the listeners can... Uh, benefit from that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I collaborating is one of my favorite things because not only does it allow me to work with products and vendors that I have never worked with before, but it also kind of brings me back to focus because you know, when I'm drawing and creating art, it's me in my head creating something and then judging it and kind of doing it again and again and again and you know, you're you're your own worst critic and it's always hardest to get approval from yourself. Um, it's easier to get approval from somebody else. So when I'm working on a collaboration, it's just great to have a fresh set of eyes to mm-hmm. have a task with guidelines and restrictions because, you know, it's always the restrictions and how you can work around them that make you more creative. I always say the more roles, the better, because then I really have to think about something like it's a puzzle. Um, so I just, I love having someone else's eyes, someone else's guidance and just perspective because, or else everything would look the same. Everything would look like things that I like. So I, I, uh-huh. I need some other opinions in there. And that's been really fun. I think one of my favorite collaborations so far has been the wallpaper I'm doing with Curio by Fifth and Main because there's nothing like seeing your art so large scale and tactile that uh-huh. it's, it's just super fun. And I wouldn't have been able to do that on my own. So I'm so grateful to all the people who who let me work with them and share their ideas with me. Oh, perfect. Perfect. And so just if you want to give out your website and your Instagram, if you wish, for people to follow you um, and also offer some uh, takeaways you want people to embrace, I think that would be great. Yeah, definitely. So my website is cheerydesigns.com. My Instagram is cheery underscore designs. And then I tried making a TikTok. It's cheerydesigns but I need a lot of help with it. So (laughs) follow the other two first. Um, And I think I would just leave you with, you know, trying to make the most out of every day. And that's all we've got day by day. Just either you should be smiling or or bring a smile to somebody else because we're all in it together. So very well said, Alyssa. And great things are done by a series of small things brought together said, Vincent Van Hawk. And um, I think I just want to leave the listeners here with that thought because you have done something 
wonderful with all the series of small things that you have put together. And as a, that has definitely been like not just a great first step, but that has led you to more and more success. And um, wish you the very best on behalf of all my listener community and myself. And uh, we'll certainly catch up with you again in the future to check back on how Cheery is doing. And uh, uh, do you have any vision for Cheery in the next uh, three to five years, if you would like to share that with us? I think just um, getting bigger, better, and and staying cheery. It's a, it's a hard place to be in. It's a delicate spot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. You know, so, but you have succeeded in doing that and that's great. And thank you so yeah. much for being on the show and uh, look forward to checking back with you again in the future. Thank you. This was so fun. Oh, definitely. And I'd like to tell my listeners to... Definitely follow the podcast week after week, Tuesdays, and uh, listen to it from your favorite podcast app of choice. Follow the podcast. Follow me on Instagram at YP Kumar and follow the podcast at Freshly Forever on Instagram. Send me your feedback there or on Twitter at Freshly Forever One. Look forward to another episode and making every every week a fresh leaf forever on the podcast until then it's your host why saying so long